Give me an M. N. Give me an O. O. Give me a T. You learn Mama's Question Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. If you said give me a T, I was going to say don't this spell the whole thing out. Give me a T. To your Mama's Question Podcast. We did. We did. Welcome to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast. The Christian Podcast that doesn't take itself too seriously. I'm your host, Shane, with my co-host, Tipita, say... Hey, everybody. Please don't make me say tit again. <laughs> uh, hey, everybody. Eric. Hey, how's it going, everybody? What's up, oh, everybody gosh. in podcast land? Stop, Eric. Stop. <laughs> you're, it's not, it's, you're not cool. Yeah, the more I talk, the more embarrassing it gets. Um, For hey, all of us. Hey, hey, Topper. Hey. Who... Who do we have on our podcast today? Let's get right down the nitty gritty. Who do we have on our podcast today? We have a guest that we actually um, hosted a little while back, early on when we kind of started. His name is Jason Duncan from Jason Not, Duncan. Not Your Pastors uh, podcast. Yep, they stole our name. Yeah, they stole name, our name. <laughs> we they, let them know. Yeah, they did do it before us, but they still found yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Get your own name, yeah, Jason, get your own and name Alex. Jason and Alex. And now they're showing us up. They're doing, potato they're really wedges. Still so Oh, we didn't even talk about that. Oh, man. We should have oh. brought that up. But yeah, let's talk about it now since they can't, yeah, since he they can't, can't defend, defend himself. Do, do you like potato wedges, Tyler? I love potato do wedges. Do you? They're awesome. Why don't you just take a potato and eat it like an apple? That's what you're doing with that's, potato that's wedges. That's fine. I love potatoes. I like potato wedges. I don't like, like potato You mean like wedges. Royal Farms potato wedges? Yeah, it's oh, too, those are good. It's too much potato. It's too much starch. <laughs> Why are you such a potato hater, <laughs> Shane? It's too much potato. <laughs> I like. They it. cut it in half, you baby. I like it. I like. <laughs> what I, I like it when they cut it in half. Take a bite first. Yeah, man. You have to eat all at once. <laughs> Save it for tomorrow. I like. I like a French fry that is crispy. A thin, I like shoestring French fries. So you don't actually like potatoes. You like curly French fries? Oh, curly French fries are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I love Arby's curly French fries. Yeah, Arby's curly French fries are good. I like good they curly French so fries. so good. Anything that has, if anyone says, hey, we got shoestring French fries, I'll get them up here. <laughs> I'll <laughs> eat them. What about waffle fries? Like um, As long as they're not too potato-y. <laughs> it's like it's made of potatoes. Right, that's the whole thing about I French like fries. Too much potato. <laughs> I like the, the, I like I like Chick Fil A waffle fries. But you know what? You know what? You know which ones I don't like from Chick Fil A? When you get the one with the potato half on it. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. No, like the ones that aren't uh, aren't a full like. So you just like, you just like the fried potato. so much that it's nothing left to it. I like the uh, yeah, I like the crispiness. Oh, I don't goodness. like. I, no. I hate biting in a potato wedge. And I'm like, oh, oh, it's so much potato. <laughs> But yeah, much. Jason's on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> he loves potato wedges. Yeah, I, I I can't believe we didn't bring that up. But uh, we met we met them when we first started our podcast because they were starting it right at the yeah. same time. I was Google searching our podcast name to make sure there wasn't someone called Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast, and I found them. Not is it Not Your Pod- Mama's Gamer Podcast? Yeah, yeah, yep, there is. Um, shout out to them. Yeah, I've never, never listened. <laughs> they've never listened. <laughs> so I I saw that they had one, and I just messaged them at the time said, hey, our name's kind of the same, and then we've actually became kind of good friends. And what's kind of cool is if you go to our podcast on iTunes and go to, like, Related, then they are the first one. Really? And if you go to theirs, we are the first one. Why? How did that happen? Because it's the same. We have... Similar audience? So, people who subscribe, yeah. Oh. It, it's all about the subscription part. So people that subscribe to ours, also subscribe to them and vice versa. And at least enough out of gotcha. all podcasts in the world, it's, it's enough. So That's cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. But yeah, uh, Jason is a good guy. He's... He's a lot cooler than Alex, and I'm just kidding. I don't know. I, I actually talked greater beard. Uh, you know, I talked a lot of crap about Alex during this 
this well, interview stuff, and I have no idea why. He's always been nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> just, I decided that I'm going to be mean to him. Um, but yeah, he, uh, Jason was gracious enough to come on and talk about uh, his story with anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually heard him talk about it on his pod, on their podcast, not your pastor's podcast, and thought, man, that's a great story. And we know people that suffer through anxiety, yeah. so we're like, I would like to just have him on to tell this the pretty much the same story. So it was nice of him to come on, and I, I enjoyed it. Do you guys enjoy? Yeah, it was yeah. awesome. It's a great interview. Yeah, and he was, and he did it from his car. Yeah, which is kind of funny. Like he's in your car, and his like wife opened the trunk at one point. Yeah. <laughs> he said he said it was the quietest place he could find. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he lives with three boys, so so yeah, we get it. So um, those, are, get, those are his kids. <laughs> yeah, not just three random boys. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, let's get right to our interview with Jason. All right, guys, we're here with our good buddy, our podcast best friend, mm-hmm. uh, Jason. Jason, what's up? Hey, guys. And and we said you specifically because we hate Alex. Oh, I can't stand yeah. him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. everybody hates Alex. <laughs> how, how do you do a podcast with him? I, I don't know how you do it. Mm-hmm. Actually, like, <laughs> it's kind of funny because like, we, we've done the episode with you guys in the past, so I know you pretty well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, I've got... I've got anxiety, especially like social anxiety, and Alex is my security blanket. Oh, <laughs> so, like, so then this like, is I'm like so a stretch then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's a good little uh, segue. Yeah. Because we're actually gonna be talking to Jason about his anxiety. Mm-hmm. Because um, if you if you're not your pastor's podcast listener, you've heard his story. And after I listened to it, I was like, oh, this is a really good story. I really would like to have him on. Especially for us, because we all, all three of us know people that mm-hmm. struggle with anxiety pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but, not, but none of us do personally. No. Right, uh, Topper? No. no. I mean, I, I've i had a couple of panic attacks more recently mm-hmm. out of the blue. But besides that, I don't, I don't know it too well. So because of that, I'm terrible when like someone I know and love has anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really bad with it. Um, so, so this is be a great way just to hang out with our buddy Jason and hear his story and everything too. So, so Jason, well, I'm kind of curious now that you've said you've had some panic attacks. I'm kind of curious as to like the the depth of them. I have how serious they got. They weren't too bad, but I have no idea why. I still don't. Um, yeah, I remember just at night trying to go to sleep, and it was like two or three nights, and and probably a two week time span. It was like two or three nights, and. I just remember trying to go to sleep and it felt like my just heart was racing and I could yeah. not get comfortable and I was super like fidgety and I and I just I, the first time cause I've never had it, I just thought oh I drank too much caffeine this today or something I drank I shouldn't drink two cups of coffee or whatever I just made it some excuse and then yeah. when it happened again and then again I was like oh I don't think this is I think this is a panic attack mm-hmm. but it, yeah. it wasn't a major one but I still to this day don't know why what caused it or anything and I haven't had it had them since but I, I don't know why I even had them. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for for me, like, th- well, I think we should distinguish. There's, like, a big difference between, like, normal anxiety or, like, social anxiety. Uh-huh. Or, mm-hmm. I think everybody's experienced some sort of, like, a- anxiety on some sort of level. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, Alex said he gets, uh, when he has to drive through a city, that's not something we normally do is drive through a big city. He gets very anxious driving mm-hmm. through a yeah. big city. And so do I, but 
at the same time, like anxiety for a lot of people, it, it gets, it gets a little bit deeper to where, you know, I have anxiety making a phone call. Like really? I'll be at work and they'll be like, Hey Jason, you need to call a supplier and get, get a price on uh, some material. And it's like a, it's a quick thing. It's mm-hmm. like a, like a two minute call and I'll put it off all day. It'll be the last thing I do that day. <laughs> like, cause I do not really? want to make that phone call. Why? And why? There's like this. Why not? Uh, I'm terrified. I, I don't know. I just don't want to have the conversation. Like, if I can work through email, I will. So, so you're saying that 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 then is a social anxiety thing where you're you just don't want to talk to another person. Yeah, in, in that in that regards. But mm-hmm. then, uh, the anxiety disorder for me was was way out of control. Mm-hmm. Uh, where I was having panic attacks, severe ones, uh, probably every couple of weeks for for a year to two years. Oh, wow. Jeez. And it, yeah, and it happened, like, uh, right out of high school. So I guess, like, like the first one I had, I'm over at a friend's house, and uh, we're just watching movies, and there's a bunch of friends over. Mm-hmm. And uh, my parents are divorced, and so I'd always go spend the weekend with my dad. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably, like, uh, 17 years old. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I did, being, like, a kid of divorced parents, like, you don't get to hang out uh, with your friends that much on the weekend. Yeah. And I, I was having fun. So I was like, Hey dad, I'm going to, um, I called him up and I was like, Hey, I'm going to, I'm just going to hang out here tonight. Is that okay? And you can pick me up in the morning. So like, yeah, sure. No problem at all. And, uh, went back down to, we were starting another movie. And, uh, when I went to sit down on the edge of her fireplace, it's like my, my butt hit the fireplace, mm-hmm. but inside my body just kept going down and huh. down and down and down like I was falling. Hmm. And all of a sudden, I don't know, I don't know what it was, but I got so incredibly scared of having this feeling of falling. But on top of that, it was like everybody had just died. Like everybody Jeez. I had Everybody I'd known, family, every everybody, they were all gone, like, in an instance. Like, like I don't know if you can kind of imagine that panic. Like, mm-hmm. it was kind of like, and I'm, this has never happened to me in real life, but it was like kind of pulling up uh, to your house and seeing it on fire. And oh, you just wow. know everybody's yeah. gone inside. So w- and uh, it, w- it was as real as that for you? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was 100% sure. And I... Uh, started uh, having trouble breathing and I was sweating like crazy and then I I uh, looked up and all my friends were staring at me mm. and there was probably 10, 10, 10 people over there which I'm sure and helped my friend, your anxiety <laughs> now I'll stare yeah, at you. <laughs> yeah. And my friend Lindsay she called her mom in because I mean I'm, by the way we're not drinking there's no drugs there's no there's uh-huh. nothing you know it's a group of good kids we're just watching movies mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and uh she's like i think somebody better take him home and mm-hmm. i had to have somebody help me like walk out and my buddy had to drive me home and i get home and i i had just enough strength to get like into the kitchen at my house and ju- i just collapsed <laughs> Jeez. so but w- what there were there wasn't a trigger or anything it just hit you out of nowhere out of nowhere that was the very first one and all my friends were like because i was i was in a panic and they were asking me what's wrong i'm like everybody's dead and <laughs> and they thought they thought um you know i just got that phone call 
Uh, like I just got some terrible news. So they were all like really scared. Like Mm -hmm. what's going on? And nobody actually died. I mean, it was just this, uh, but my brain just went into hyperdrive. I don't know. So, well, Uh, well, growing up for you as a kid prior to this, were you, were you always an anxious kid? Like, were, are you, were you always a worrier or anything like that growing up? Or was this the first time where you started to notice it? No, this was the first time. And it hit me like a punch to the face, like mm-hmm. out of nowhere. I was a good kid growing up. I, uh, you know, I was a pastor's kid. I grew up in church, even though my parents got divorced. My, you know, that kind of mm-hmm. ended the ministry for my dad and whatnot. Yeah. We still went to churches. We were still heavily involved, you know, and knew all the Bible verses. I, how, how old I were you like, when your parents got divorced? Five. Five. Okay. So you're really, yeah. you don't really even. Yeah. I was, yeah. Okay. But you know, I, I uh, was top 10 in my class. I was an athlete. I had scholarships to go play soccer. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, really good at soccer. I'm not now. You can see my, my belly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's quite large. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's not happening these days, but, but back then I was, you know, that was another thing like, uh, well, you know, people always throw out, uh, like, Hey, are you exercising? Are you getting out? Are you walking or something? When they, whenever somebody like finds out you have depression or anxiety and it's like, I run two miles a day, like yeah. I'm getting plenty of exercise. I'm top 10 in my class. So my brain's like there. I'm a good kid. I've never missed church. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've got maybe five swear words to my name mm-hmm. and I can recount every situation that I had swore in like, <laughs> up until I was 17. Yeah. I'd never like kissed a girl. Like, mm-hmm. I, I mean, from the, on the outside surface level, I was about as good as you could be. And this just happened out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. So after this happened, um, what was, the advice that like your parents gave you, what, what were some people around you, even your church saying to try to help you with whatever happened that night? Yeah. Well, my mom was scared. Um, I think everybody was scared, but after the first one, it's just kind of like, Oh, okay. You know, that happens. And, and I will even say this to you, like you said, uh, Eric, that you've had a couple of panic attacks. Yeah. There's a, pretty good chance that everybody's going to experience a panic attack at some point in their yeah. life mm-hmm. yeah and they'll know exactly what i'm talking about where you can't breathe your heart's racing mm-hmm. uh you know it feels like something awful's just happened or is about to happen you can't quite explain a lot of people think they're having a heart attack mm-hmm. uh and it wasn't so much the first one it's when they kept piling up on, <laughs> on each other yeah and just insane stuff from uh uh, I've, I've been so afraid that I've blacked out. Oh, wow. Uh, there's been a couple of times where I've actually hallucinated Jeez. <laughs> from being so scared from a panic attack. Hmm. It's like being through a super, um, intense trauma Yeah. and, and your brain has a fancy, uh, has a crazy way of working on you where in my, in my head, in my, in my head, all these things were, uh, were, were true. Like when I say like, I felt like my family just died. It's like living with that trauma of mm. they actually just died in my yeah. brain. So, um, so like anyone listening that, that maybe doesn't know, or even like you guys, mm-hmm. what, what Jay's saying is imagine you got a call mm-hmm. and everyone close to you is dead. How would you respond? And for no reason, 
it seemed like that's what you're doing. Yeah, that's what happened to to Jason. So so then after that, then when was the then you started having panic attacks on a regular basis, or was it just like a major one? Then and then it kind of chilled for a while. Yeah, I would I would have just these major awful panic attacks probably. Uh, every couple of weeks and they they got so bad that um i developed depression from them Mm. so it's not like i had depression prior i was a depressed kid but after you have so many of these panic attacks and you're living with that trauma over and over and over again Mm -hmm. um it got to the point where i didn't know what was going to cause it i didn't know what the trigger was and Mm. so so then you're, like ter- then you're even more terrified to be around people because what happens if that happens again? You're hanging out with a group of friends, or I can imagine, or at work, or, or yeah, at the bank, or on what? a date. Yeah, there, yeah, there was one time um, I'm at a show because I played in bands and stuff, and somebody smelled like clove cigarettes, mm-hmm. and I smelled the clove cigarette, and I was done. Like huh. it's game over. <laughs> went, into really? a, went into a full blown panic attack. Yeah, wow. there was a time where. Uh, I went to the mall with my dad and uh, he went off to a different store and I was going to Journeys to get some shoes. Of course you and were. Then, <laughs> of course you were. Yeah. Maybe some socks too. You know? <laughs> yeah. But uh, they moved the location of the store and I've, I lost it. Wow. And Jeez. not only did I lose it, it like visually the walls started closing in like i was oh on some goodness. sort of drug or something i don't know how else to this explain it but the walls were in my mind physically closing in to the point i couldn't breathe and i melted down right in the mm. middle of the mall my dad had to carry me out wow <laughs> jeez and i was i was like 17 18 years old like it's it's mm. not like i'm a little kid or anything yeah he had to carry <laughs> me up the steps of his apartment you know mm. wow but i mean i <laughs> dang there was another one um where i've always been terrified of like large animals <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just just don't know why. i just don't like them they're big you know like what, what do you talk what's a large animal to you an elephant a horse a oh, horse yes. a cow <laughs> like i'm not going near a farm you know so you wouldn't go uh, near a cow I, I would as long as it's on the other side of the fence and it doesn't look angry you know <laughs> <laughs> the cow looks angry. I'm probably not gonna go near it. Do you but... like? Do you like freak out at like Chick Fil A if the if the cow's there? <laughs> that, that's the mask. No, no, <laughs> no, <good>. no. <laughs> no, but like I was over at a friend's house and she owned some horses. I was over with my uh, well now wife, and uh, I went to. I was like trying to like you know get myself out of the fear of large animals. So I like reach through and try to pet the horse. Yeah. And the horse, like, jolted back, like, a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. not even much. And I could feel the panic attack start. Oh, and wow. I was like, Jess, we got to leave now. Mm-hmm. And that panic attack, I I deteriorated so bad on the way uh, home driving um, where I had probably one of my worst hallucinations where I saw this guy um, jogging on the side of the road and uh he was dressed in all gray and stuff and you know like when you're passing by somebody who's jogging while you're driving you know you have this like quick moment where you have like eye contact with the yeah, person yeah, you right. know well, i looked at this person and they had no face oh <laughs> there was no face whatsoever and i just i lost it i mean mm. yeah and then one of my uh 
my family doctor, which you asked what, what advice the doctors were giving. This yeah. was 12 years ago. Yeah. And so anxiety disorder, panic disorder wasn't really on the radar, especially in small town, you know, where I grew up at. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you were, you're, doctor, you're in Flint, Michigan then too? Like, have you always been? Um, no, I, I actually grew up just North of Flint in this little tiny town called Montrose. I oh, mean, okay. it's, it's small little hillbilly podunk. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Montrose, we always joke, we call it Mount Rose because there was like six trash dumps. Like, <laughs> it's, where, it's where Canada dumps their trash, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's literally a couple of mountains of trash. But mm-hmm. No, it's just a small little town. But mm-hmm. the doctor there um, had given me some Xanax in a baggie. Like in a, mm. a Ziploc like, bag? Yeah, well, this is like a plastic <laughs> sandwich bag. He's like, here, if you if you're having like a if you have another one of these attacks or whatever, just take some of the Xanax and just pop it under your tongue, hmm. and everything will be all right. And so I, which was terrible advice. Yeah, I'm about to say, yeah, that, I'm not a doctor, but that doesn't seem like good advice. No. Yeah, I mean, Xanax <laughs> is it's 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 like a type of tranquilizer yeah. almost, you yeah. know. So I take the Xanax, and all of a sudden I can't move, and I can't. <laughs> like I had panic attacks so bad where I couldn't speak anyway. Like I yeah. try to say something, and nothing's coming out of my mouth. But now I've got the Xanax in me, and my whole body's just kind of paralyzed. Jeez. And I was just doing everything I could because your heart's racing, but your body can't move, and I'm trying to scream. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And this was this was fantastic because it was over at my. Uh, girlfriend's house who's not my wife but her parents were there and like what the hell is this? Yeah, yeah. What? you're trying to impress like, what her is going on yeah. hmm. oh my uh my father-in-law told me like a couple months ago he's like yeah I, there was a time there where i didn't even want jess to marry you because wow. my my panic disorder was so bad she, he thought you know you know till death do us part that she'd be stuck trying to take care of this dude who can't can't function because i don't know what's causing these things i don't know what's going to set them off and Hmm. i was getting so fearful of of just even leaving the house yeah i mean wow driving was a chore like living with all that trauma so that that first family doctor eric he asked me the advice he had given he's like you're young just you know, go have lots of sex and take the edge off. What kind of doctor? <laughs> <laughs> Who is this guy? He gives you Xanax and a baggie and, and it tells you to go, go have sex. <laughs> yeah, he's just a family doctor. He had no idea what he was doing. He was the same doctor who delivered me as a child, like as a baby. Oh, wow. So he was like, he was up there, but <laughs> but yeah, and that so is like, crazy. That's insane. That me as like a Christian kid, you know, growing up, that right. just like sent me into shame spirals. Like, yeah, then you feel if you do it, then you feel guilty. And oh then yeah, it's then yeah, that's just throwing more crap on on the plate there. Yeah, and so I mean, I didn't because I didn't I didn't really view that as like an actual avenue, uh, mm-hmm. you know, to go down to. Plus, I'm like bad with girls. I don't even know how I got married because like. <laughs> I, <laughs> Girls could be hitting on me, and I would never pick up on any signals. <laughs> like, you're a good-looking guy. That's how you got married, buddy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I was not a good-looking guy. <laughs> yeah. I had tons of acne. <laughs> oh, uh, so did I. But you know the best yeah. way to get rid of it. No, <laughs> no, we're not talking about <laughs> that. I told you. Don't bring this back up. <laughs> he said, I told you. We're oh, not my talking gosh. about that. Yeah, so, I think when I asked if he wanted to be on Tim Dalton, is what he said. I will, but if you... 
Put some boogers on your zits. <laughs> people that have uh, no idea what I'm talking about. That's game, yeah. that's game over. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jason, uh, at, at what point? Yeah. At what point did you decide to seek out professional help? Like, I guess, how bad did it have to get before you decided that you were going to seek out this help? Yeah, I didn't actually seek out any help, and I have to give like a whole lot of thanks to my mom because my mom was watching me going through this. She's terrified. And she works at the hospital, um, and she hooked me up with a therapist who um, wasn't all that great either. Jeez. I go to this, I go to this therapist in Flint, and she's uh, she's trying to like uh, I don't know if she was like trying to convince me that I was gay. <laughs> like, um, like every time I went in there, I had to tell her like I'm not gay. <laughs> I, like, I think I would know if I were, and I'm not. Like, can we just what, like what, stop I mean, with the questions? What, like, would she, what would she say? Like that? That was really like I need to know what what she said to make you. Think I don't. That. I don't even remember specifically. I just remember at one time I was like. I was so confused by her questioning that I had to say, I don't like boobs, all right? <laughs> <laughs> I like girls. Like, I'm not I'm yeah. not gay, I promise you. But she so, was trying to look for all these, like, deep, like, reasonings. maybe like, that was the be? answer, that you were holding back your sexuality. So maybe the key to anxiety yeah. is you have the wrong sexual orientation, yeah. is what she's saying. <laughs> uh, I think that's, that's what she was trying to pin. I think, I don't even know. She was... It was it was weird. She had given me these like uh, um, relaxation, uh, relaxation like ocean noises CDs. <laughs> like listen to these while you go to bed and sleep naked and like what? Try to like put yourself in this comfort zone. And what kind of doctors like, you got was, up there in Michigan? <laughs> yeah, man. I was like, well, my last doctor told me to go have lots of sex, and she's like, no, that could hurt people. So like. <laughs> Just stick to like porn and masturbation, you know. What? Like the oh my <laughs> yeah. gosh! Hold up, can we yeah. slow down for a second? Because you had one doctor that gave you Xanax in a bag and said have sex, yeah. and then another doctor tried to convince you you were gay and said don't have sex, just masturbate. To I assume she meant gay porn because she thought <laughs> yeah. you were gay. <laughs> and and, yeah, this, and this is not. I imagine this is doing the complete opposite effect of mm-hmm. helping your anxiety and depression. Yeah, and I want to say again, this was like 12 years ago. So, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, panic disorder wasn't, I don't, I don't know, as well known as it is now. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I just felt like, you know, going to these different doctors that, you know, they're just willing to experiment on me with anything. Like, mm-hmm. oh, here's this dude who has all this crazy stuff going on with his brain. Let's, uh, you know, mm. have him try this or try yeah. that. And like, Hmm. Uh, I did eventually my mom set me up with a good therapist and a psychiatrist actually mm-hmm. and uh, had some blood work done and the blood work came back where I had a chemical imbalance in my brain. Hmm. Uh, the levels of serotonin were off and I can't get any more technical than that. That's about, <laughs> as, that's about as deep as I can go with it. Yeah, that's about as and, deep as I need. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so they, you know, prescribed me uh, uh, medication. And uh, for anybody who's ever taken SSRIs or any type of uh, antidepressant, like medication or stuff, mm-hmm. right, they're, they're tons of fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, how those bad? Are, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, uh, you I was going to say, how bad, um, how bad did your depression get? Because you said you had around 
your first panic attack was 17, you said, I think. And then you eventually started getting more and more depressed. How bad did it get? Uh, yeah, I mean, I was, I was getting to the point where, um, I didn't really want to leave the house. And if I did leave the house, I wouldn't go very far. So I, you know, I played travel soccer, played in bands, uh, and I quit doing all that. Hmm. I just, I just dropped it. Cause I, if I was more than, than 30 minutes away from, from either, um, uh, my, my mom, my dad, or, uh, my girlfriend, now wife, Jess, if I was more than 30 minutes away from them, I wasn't, I wasn't doing anything. Hmm. Um, my, it, it got to the point, like I had been accepted to four different colleges and I had scholarships for soccer and stuff. And, I remember taking a tour of uh, MSU, uh, Michigan State, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, when they were showing us the dorm room, I just was looking at this big glass window about three stories up, and I, I thought to myself, like, if I go here, I will jump through that window. Oh, wow. It, it's going to happen. And it got so bad that I I was thinking of ways to commit suicide and attempted once where I was uh, – it's kind of, this is crazy, but I was driving down the road, uh, just some random back road. And, uh, I just floored it and closed my eyes and let go of the wheel because I was, I was so fed up. I was, I was ready to be done. (laughs) It's so frustrating. Like, uh, you know, you go to these different doctors and you're on this, they, you know, they throw out all this different medication at you and, and you have no uh, reason for anything. You don't know when one's going to happen. It's like a bomb that's going to go off. Hmm. And and I was done, you know. And uh, about the time that uh, the two right tires hit the gravel on the side of the road, um, I heard God say to me, not yet. Hmm. <laughs> and not so much in like an, an audible voice, but just like this inner feeling. Yeah. yeah. And I was, I was so angry at God. I said, one week, God, (laughs) you got one week and I'm (laughs) right back here. And, um, I go to church and by the way, the church was terrible. Yeah. I was going to ask that next. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was all, uh, you know, just, just have faith or or pray more. Hmm. Uh, and it's like, I'm, I'm doing all this stuff. Like, you think I haven't thought of like (laughs) praying? Like, Yeah. yeah. Like, of course I've been praying, like, uh, you know, almost kind of, uh, insulting. It was, you know, I I don't want to hold anything against like those pastors. I know they were trying their best and it's an awkward situation and, uh, I don't don't want to hold anything against them. But at the same time, it's okay for a pastor to like have the answer of, I don't really know what you're going through, but I want to help here. Yeah, instead of yeah. just giving I sometimes pastors feel like they need they have to give some kind of answer. So, hey, I'm like have such bad anxiety, whatever, and then he's like, Well, have more faith. Um, have you read the verses? Don't worry. Yeah. Have you read that? Like like Yeah. Sometimes you can just say Have you read I, Luke twelve? Yeah. Have you read Luke twelve? <laughs> like, Don't be anxious. Like, yeah. Yeah, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, because uh, then great, it seem like it's Bible. a faith issue for you. And yeah. And sometimes they can just say that I don't really know the answer, but I want to hold help you in, in your journey, and let's find someone that can actually help you that doesn't think you're gay or doesn't want to ha- you to have sex. Like find yeah. actual help. <laughs> but yeah, I I can I under 
I see pastors doing that all the time, where they feel like they have to give an answer because you're coming. Like it's it's irresponsible, mm-hmm. and you can hurt people or kill people. Like, what if Jason ended up taking his own life because he felt like I wasn't having enough faith because my pastor told me to have faith, and I and I still have anxiety, so it's my fault. So, like. Yeah, I was close, guys. Yeah. Like yeah. seriously, like, yeah. like that's uh, that's exactly how I felt. Like, what am I doing wrong? What did I do to deserve this? Like, I'm a good kid. Does any of it mean anything? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, wow. you know, why is it happening? Hmm. And I went to church that following Sunday after you know that near suicide. Yeah. And uh, the preacher's message, and he was a terrible preacher. <laughs> uh, <laughs> It's not like you have like the best um, was, of the best up there in Flint, Michigan. Yeah, doctors, yeah. therapists. <laughs> was uh, to to live as Christ, to die as gain. Okay. And oh my. I know it's like a a poor like a a uh, interpretation of scripture. Yeah. But when I heard that, I was I thought Paul is just like Paul wants. Paul would rather be dead too. Yeah, he'd he'd rather be in the next life than than here now. Like mm-hmm. the next life is better. Mm-hmm. And at that time, my interpretation—I know it's not correct—was Paul wanted to off himself, just like I wanted to off myself. Yeah, but there's something more here mm-hmm. for me. And I, I went and I got that verse like tattooed on my wrist. <laughs> um, so um, yeah, my my left wrist. So I knew like if I were to. Uh, try to slip my wrist. I'd have to. I'd have to slip Jeez. through that verse. Like, wow. Wow. It was. It was. It was pretty bad. And I, I want to say, like again, my depression was based off my anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Like so, I want to be really sensitive to somebody who has actual depression because mm-hmm. I don't know what that's like. Mm-hmm. And that may sound awkward, but I don't know what. I don't know what actual depression is day in, day out feels yeah. like because yeah. mine was totally dependent on anxiety. Hmm. And so, so when you were, whenever you would have a panic attack or you're really struggling with anxiety, um, what could the people around you do to help you? And I'm not talking about pastors or doctors. Or anything. I'm talking about like your, your parents or your girlfriend or your wife or your friends. Is there anything that anybody can do that that can help, or is it just you got to wait it out? What what is that like for the people around you? Oh man, it's tough. Um, mm-hmm. um, because I I've been around people in the middle of a panic attack, and for myself, never experiencing that, I I don't know what to do, and I and I only want to help. But from the few times I've been around someone experiencing that there is nothing that I can do besides just sit there with them. Yeah. And, and honestly, that might be the best. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, in the heart of a severe panic attack yeah, is just be there with them and, and keep reminding them that everything's okay. Because the person probably going through it probably thinks they're going to die mm-hmm. or that yeah. something terrible happens and it's your brain playing a trick on you. Yeah. But they don't know that. Mm-hmm. To them, it's it, it actually happened or mm-hmm. is about to happen. Mm-hmm. But we all know that it's not going to happen, yeah. like in in reality. So that, and then, um, especially if they're breathing heavy, like trying mm-hmm. to help them, like just reminding them to breathe. Because yeah. like, once the once the breathing settles down, the the panic attack, you know, nine times out of ten is is gonna is going to go away with that. Mm. 
how how'd you get to the point where you were able to function with your anxiety? What 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 steps did you did you take to to get to that point? Um, I started going to therapy on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. Started to see a therapist. A and, good one. Uh, yes, <laughs> uh, I uh, you're straight. And <laughs> a, a better one. Yeah. yeah. And um, my mom again, like, was was there like every step of the way, and she had done some some research into our family. And uh, I don't I don't know if it's if anxiety is is um, genetic. Mm-hmm. But we, we discovered that some of, some past generations of my family like had anxiety as well uh, on different levels. Yeah. And so there's, I mean, all about the same time, like the, because um, we, we got off the timeline to hear a little bit, but yeah, yeah. when I got that blood work back and my mom came back with the information about my family and the therapist and the moment that I've got, I got diagnosed, like legitimately diagnosed with anxiety disorder was like a huge weight off my shoulders. Yeah. Cause it was like, okay, I'm not crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it felt good just to have like people say, yeah, this is a thing that you have. Mm-hmm. Uh, not, it wasn't a that, lack of faith by you or anything else. Exactly. It's yeah. You can't it was control. a real thing. So yeah. And uh, you know, the medicine and, the medicine was tremendous. I mean, once we found the right medicine, that's always a blast because it's kind of a crapshoot with the different um, the different medicines like Prozac or uh, mm-hmm. our Paxil, our effects or any number of SSRIs. Like they all affect people differently, yeah. and uh, finding the right one that works, um, it took some time, and I don't remember which one worked for me. Um, but it took about a year to find it. <laughs> oh, wow. And so, yeah, plus all the side effects. Like, I had gained so much weight. I went from 160 pounds to 240 pounds. Wow. And in a matter of months. Like, yeah. I, I remember because uh, Jess is a little bit younger than me, and all of her friends, like, remembered me from playing soccer against him, wanted me to play on a team of theirs. And I had gained so much weight that I couldn't even run anymore. Like I literally fell flat on my face because my body had changed so much Mm. from, uh, from that medicine. And the medicine's not fun to, it's not fun to be on. Like, uh, -hmm. I went into some more detail that I probably won't go into here, but you can go (laughs) listen to, uh, the episode, uh, that we did on this on, on, uh, not your pastor's podcast. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, but, um, yeah, like the medicine just like, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, like for me, the way it affected me, it, it didn't make me like, uh, it, it made me pretty much emotionless. Mm-hmm. So I've heard a lot of people say stuff similar when going yeah, through that. So like, you know, nothing really made me sad. Nothing really made me happy. I was just kind of, it made me calm. Like there was yeah. this one time our, our band was on tour and we had just passed through, um, uh, we had just passed uh, Cincinnati and just into Kentucky and this Ferrari <laughs> goes driving by us and there's this, uh, there's this tire in the middle of the road and this Ferrari slammed on its brakes and started doing, it started spinning out Oh wow! <laughs> and just going nuts in front of us, like up on two wheels, spinning out and, um, 
my my uh, wife, she played in the band, and she's like freaking out. Everybody in the band is, and I just like very calmly like hit my turn signal <laughs> over the lane as this car is literally spinning out all around us. It went completely around us. <laughs> like, and she's like, "What just happened? Like you put your turn signal on and everything? Like I could have been." <laughs> But that's just what the medicine did. And after about a year of not having a serious panic attack, um, I was about to get married, and I told the doctors, like, I think I'm done with this. I think I'm ready to be done. And they eased me off the medicine, and the severe panic attacks have never come back. Wow. That's awesome. Which is just flat-out miraculous, in my opinion. That doesn't doesn't happen and how long ago <laughs> Just, was that uh this was all before i got married and i got married 11 years ago oh so, wow dude you're old i know it no <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, too, old. I'm not old we got married stupid young <laughs> how, how young were you 20 and, i was 20 and jess was 18 oh, oh dang. wow <laughs> yeah. really young. we couldn't even book our uh our honeymoon. I think I actually heard an episode of that. <laughs> yeah, well, I wasn't 21, so I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't book our honeymoon. <laughs> so, what what advice would you have for the church when it and pastors and church leaders when it comes to people that are suffering with anxiety like you? We and we kind of touched it a little bit, but but for people like like Shane and I, or people like that that don't really know what it is, and we're just trying to help. What what's the best thing for someone that was in your situation? Yeah, like, uh, honestly, listen, mm-hmm. and uh, don't just brush them off like they're crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I would say uh, listen to them and acknowledge that they've, you know, they could have something wrong. I mean, and I think, like, you'd probably be able to just dis- to discern if uh, their anxiety was, like, situational, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? If they're saying something like crazy, like what I'm talking about, like, okay, like you got a serious problem, you know, Uh, or even if like they have anxiety on maybe a smaller scale, like, like, let's be honest, like not able to make a phone call throughout the day as part of your job Mm -hmm. is another level. Like, I'm sure if I was going to go see a therapist, they'd probably want to put me on some sort of medicine, but I, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't. I don't think that I need it right now mm-hmm. because I've seen much worse, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, just acknowledging them and, you know, like one of the Bible verses that was like huge for me and, and in recovery is Psalm 139. Like just mm-hmm. knowing that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's, when I, when I felt like I got to this point where I, I had recovered from these severe panic attacks, like, um, that's, that's what a uh, verse I had tattooed on my other wrist. Like, mm-hmm. and there's just a constant reminder for me, like, no, God knows the words on the tip of your tongue. Mm-hmm. He, he knows, you know, uh, <laughs> where you lay down and not in some sort of weird creeper stalk, stalker sort of way. <laughs> So like knows like your unformed substance before you were made. Like he hymns you in behind and before like, like that, that whole Psalm is just incredible to me. And every time I look at it, like I think of, 
not to go all, all feminist on you, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I think of like uh, a mom with a baby like in their womb yeah. and how they like have this connection with this baby and they love it terribly to death. Like, mm-hmm. and you, you know, even though they, it's not out yet, they can, you feel it growing inside of them and just like God created us. God was there with us that whole entire time. Like he knit us together in our mother's womb. And just how incredibly loved and nuanced that is. Mm-hmm. Oh. Like, God loves me to death. Just like my mom. Like, I think of my mom. Like, that's my mom. And she's stuck by my side the entire time. Yeah. Like, was willing to wow. get me whatever help. Was doing family research. Like, whatever I needed, she was there for me. And I think God in that same sort of fashion. Like, in that instance. Like, no, God, God loves you and he's there for you. And he's gonna, he's gonna take care of his own. Like hmm. he created even your mental disorder. Like yeah. he knows mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So like to me, that provided a lot of comfort. Hmm. That's awesome. Wow. That, that, that's really cool. And to think of it in, in those terms are, it puts it into perspective a little bit. And cause we talk about being a child of God all the time, but um, I don't know how much we actually realize um, all of those things that, that you just said. I know I forget it all the time. Yeah, it's definitely a struggle. And then, of course, the other avenue, too, is is prayer. Like, <laughs> I, I've, I think I made the joke in our episode, uh, not really a joke, but, like, prayer and therapy and Prozac are my <laughs> trinity. Like, <laughs> I, I, I seriously needed all, all three of those. And yeah. I'm not afraid to say that that medicine is a miracle. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm to grow up in a day and age where you have that. I was just listening to your episode. You had the guy, uh, the be more caring guy. Yeah. 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 And he was talking about, uh, people on the streets, homeless with mental disorders. Yeah. Yeah. Totally unchecked without any medication, without anybody who loves them. Like my mom did, who was there for me the entire time. So imagine being homeless and then going through like a panic attack. No way. Yeah. Yeah. No way. Like terrible. It's, it's easy to forget how privileged we all actually are yeah with having parents that love us or in the situations we are um and then like you were like you were saying with with just understanding that relationship with god how he how he treats you like a loving father like even when you become a dad because you have three how many kids you have three yeah three boys three so so when i had kids it like was a whole new understanding of God's love for me too. Cause, cause I, I kind of realized me as an imperfect father looking at these two kids and no matter what they do that, that I love them to death. And if I'm imperfect, my perfect heavenly father loves me that way, just the way I am. It's, it, it changes everything. And no matter how far we go in either way or how bad your anxiety is or how bad I act or any of that stuff that we can't outrun the love of God it's easy to forget that, and the enemy wants us to forget that, especially when we're when we're at our lowest. But, but to remember constantly being reminded of that, it just cha- it can change a lot of things if we constantly remind ourselves mm-hmm. of that stuff. Yeah, I mean, for me, looking at it like eleven years, twelve years later down the road, like my mind's blown from mm-hmm. being married and all the stress that goes along with with yep. a marriage to three being kids. a homeowner to having mm-hmm. three kids and to switching jobs and 
and and all that stuff and to think that i've never had a severe panic attack like i yeah, did it's amazing yeah those are the most stressful times like, of your life <laughs> yeah like it, it blows my mind out I, like i thank god that i went through it early mm-hmm. and yeah. aren't going through it now like i can't i can't imagine the amount of stress it would put on my wife if she were still dealing that's why i'm not I, I'm, I'm not afraid to call it a miracle Mm-hmm. But also like hesitant because I know there are people out there who um, have said those prayers have wanted yeah. it to go away yeah, yeah. and hasn't for whatever but, reason. Like, but there's also there's stories in the Bible. There there's a story of of the cripple at the at the pond or the or the lake. And Jesus walks by a bunch of people that are struggling and that are crippled or lame, and he heals one person, mm-hmm. and then he walks yeah. out. He literally had to tiptoe over other people that were struggling to save one person. So just because um, some people are, sh- are so struggling and praying, it doesn't mean that God forgot about them. It's yeah. just, it's just, God's going to answer prayers and, and respond differently for every situation. And we don't always know how. Mm-hmm. And for some people it is medicine. So for some people it's therapy or some people it's both. It's, you never really know. So just because it happened, it happened for you and, and it's not happened for somebody else. Don't, don't discredit that. That's not a miracle in your life. Yeah. You yeah. Know what I mean, one other question I really wanted to ask for the people that are really struggling with anxiety. We we have friends and and people that that we know that listen that are really struggling. What would be your encouragement or recommendation to those people that just have that? And and what what would you what would you tell them their first steps should be? Not knowing all the situations and just what what would you say to those people listening now? Yeah, I mean, uh, my first step. Uh, being a Christian oriented would, would be to pray mm-hmm. and, um, realize that sometimes the answer to the prayer is the most obvious answer sitting mm-hmm. right in front of you. Yeah. And don't be afraid to go to a psychiatrist and have the blood work done mm-hmm. and get the testing done to see if you have a legitimate, like, you know, chemical imbalance in your brain. There's no shame in that. No, like, it's not. Um, you know, and you know, you might be, you might have to take the medicine and, and take it. Like it's not, you know, that medicine might be a gift from God if your situation has progressed to that point. But, but yeah, I mean, Mm -hmm. don't be afraid. And then, um, going back to that Psalm 139 for me is, is know that God loves you. Mm-hmm. and that you're cherished and and just incredibly loved to the most nuanced level of yourself mm-hmm. like and definitely don't feel any shame like it just like i i just wouldn't spend any time there yeah yeah, yeah that's good that's really that's good. awesome yeah that's i don't know if that helps i hope that helps yeah, <laughs> yeah, i think that's awesome and and, and that's everything that you said I think is is how we should go about any problem in our yeah. life, yeah. not yeah. just yeah. not just dealing with anxiety. Maybe not the psychiatrist part and getting blood work, but depending on yeah. what you're dealing with. But, but any of that when it comes to just like sin, yeah, too, it's sin will make you feel like you're the only person. Uh-huh. You're and like when you I was feel ashamed, you should when, be embarrassed. When I, when I couldn't stop looking at porn, I kept thinking like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know other people do, but not like me. It's yeah. not like me. I am re- one of the worst. And that's yeah. what and that's what the enemy wants you to think that you're by yourself. Yeah. That you're that you're something wrong with you that God can't love. Like that's the kind of attacks that 
they do. And then if you're suffering something with anxiety, I'm not, I, I'm not trying to say my porn sin is like anxiety. I'm not trying to say that obviously, but if you're suffering with anxiety and depression, then it's very easy to be like, well, there's some, why, what did, why did God curse me with this? Or mm-hmm. yeah, just speaking from someone that, that I've had a couple panic attacks, but nothing like Jason, like it's God loves you exactly as you are, but it doesn't mean that, you don't go and try to get professional help in whatever way it looks like, whether it's therapy or pills or blood tests or whatever. Um, God has provided those things for you as well. That's how God can help you as well. So, well, regardless, God, God has never left you by yourself and, and we're not meant to deal with anything alone. Um, and so we should talk to people about everything it is uh, about things that we're going through. Um, and nothing should be, only kept to yourself because then you'll never get past it yep. if, if you're the yep. only one who knows. Yeah, I was just going to say isolation is like a key yeah. tactic from, yeah. from yeah. the enemy. For sure. It's, it's his goal to separate you and make you feel alone, mm-hmm. and you're not. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. I, and I'll say, like, I'll pitch it too. Um, one of the things that really has helped me come out of late and talk about this thing, because I'll be honest with you, like, this happened 12 years ago, and I kind of just moved on. Mm-hmm. You know, like life gets busy, you yeah. have kids and everything. And it's, it's not like this, you know, prevailing problem in my life at this point. Um, I came across the hashtag, this is what anxiety feels like. Yeah. And, uh, on Twitter and I was reading those tweets and I was like, holy crap, I got to say something and speak up and like chime in with my story mm-hmm. and just help people feel like they're not alone. And I came across this website called stigma yeah. com yeah. and, on not your pastor's podcast we just interviewed sarah fader who started that yeah it's episode 30 so you can you can listen to her and she's fought some battles for us to be able to be free and to be open in an online setting and share your stories and the whole goal behind that is is when you get diagnosed with a mental disorder, it can be quite terrifying and you know the doctors are going to tell you all the medicines and everything you have to do, but there's no real life stories associated with them. No hope, no recovery. And, uh, she's created stigma fighters where it's just people telling their stories. They've been diagnosed with it. And the idea behind it is to let people know like, Hey, you're not alone. Like this is on some sort of level. This is normal. Like you're not the only person going through that. So yeah, yeah, just to make you feel not so isolated. Yeah. Yeah, That's awesome. That's good. Well, Jason, hey, buddy, do you want to, um, we're having so much fun, you want to stick around and do our Tip Top Thursday with us? Yeah, I'm a little scared, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, should yeah. be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we, we don't know, none of us know what, our, what the Tip Top News is, so who knows what that's going to be. Something yeah. about farts, probably. <laughs> you know, poop. something immature. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, all right, well, hey, Jason, why don't you, before we get to that, why don't you just... Give just kind of your the podcast information, all that stuff, and then and then we'll go to tip top news stuff. Yeah, not your pastors podcast. You can find us www.notyourpastorspodcast.com. Um, one of the things that Alex, my buddy Alex, and I have started is a project called Not Your Pastors Pulpit. Yeah, it's awesome. Where, really? Yeah, we are encouraging people who uh, are not pastors, or maybe you are a pastor, to come and share Jesus either a Bible passage or maybe even raw and really honest, just a story of what Jesus means to you mm-hmm. in about five to 10 minutes. And we release one of these like mini sermons or stories or whatever term you're comfortable with calling mm-hmm. it. Uh, mm-hmm. 
each week. And so far they've been like tremendously impactful to me. Like that's awesome. Yeah. I've got, I get to listen to them all early, so I get super pumped, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, our, our podcast is just, just Alex and I being stupid, I guess. I don't know. It's a lot like this, this yeah. year. It's, not mama, like, so. it's like this, but better. <laughs> Way more professional, oh, no, definitely. <laughs> and and if and if you're gonna check out not your pastor's podcast for the first time, we recommend episode ten, eleven, is, is eleven, episode eleven. I looked it up. That's a good one. Uh-huh. We highly recommend listening to episode eleven. <laughs> they have great guests on that one. But anyways, yeah. And if you haven't listened to Shane, you need to submit a pulpit one, pastor. Yeah, pulpit. you do. You I want to hear from Topper. Yeah, that's top. what I want to hear from. Me? Pressure, yeah. Yeah, you gotta got put a little sermon together, Topper. Yeah, oh, sugar. I I sent one, and now I've been listening to the other ones, and I'm like, crap, mine is like terrible compared to the other <laughs> ones. Boy. Mine I just gave like a sermon, it was like about prodigal son, I think, and then and then there's some people like talk about like suicide, so I'm like, crap, mine is like <laughs> I, don't, I don't give well, any I mean, personal stories. We've anymore. gotten legit little mini sermons, and I, I don't know, I think they're good, and then you get the stories on top of them, so it's just yeah. like. Mm-hmm. However, Jesus impacted you, or yeah. what Bible passage stands out to you. I don't know. I think they're really cool. I, I think it's cool to get all the different perspectives on it, too. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, so check out Not Your Pastors podcast for sure. Subscribe to them if you don't already. Give them some five star reviews, all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, Jason, thanks a lot. And thank you for being open yeah. and, and vulnerable and, no, and just talking. Because I know, yeah, this we're, we were asking you to talk about like some pretty heavy stuff. Um, so yeah. we really appreciate it but um, thanks a lot buddy yeah thank you guys thank you for listening to Not Your Mama's Christian Podcast make sure you subscribe and leave us a nice review to support the podcast you can go to our Patreon page patreon.com slash NYM Christian Podcast music provided by The Revived check them out at therevivedmusic.com stay connected with us by liking us on Facebook and following us on Twitter and Instagram <laughs>